0: Good evening and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study here at the Church of Christ on McDermott Road. We are so thankful that you've chosen to spend just a little bit of time with us tonight as we think through a passage of scripture and as we consider Jesus who is our example in a life that is so very often interrupted. The theme of this class is all about asking ourselves what would Jesus do in this situation how would Jesus handle this situation how would Jesus handle these kinds of people how would Jesus handle this type of circumstance that has arose in our life there are so many situations we find ourselves in that we have to ask ourselves as a follower of Jesus how should I handle this what should I do in this particular situation and tonight we're going to think about leadership the way that we lead following Jesus' example in the way that we lead. After all, we're all followers. We're followers of Jesus and we're all leaders. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're a spouse. Maybe you're a a neighbor to someone who looks up to you. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're an uncle or an aunt. Maybe you're a grandparent. Maybe you're an older sibling. Whatever your age, whatever your role, we're all leaders. So, we're all leaders and we're all followers. The question is, are we following Jesus in the way that He leads? Are we following Jesus in the way that He teaches us to be leaders? So, we're all leaders and we're all followers. The question is, are we following Jesus in the way that we lead? And so, that's what we're going to think about tonight is, how did Jesus lead others? How does Jesus lead others? And how did Jesus teach His followers To be leaders, there are people that are looking up to you. They're they're listening to your words. They're watching, how do you handle this circumstance? And you're leading them, whether you admit it or not, whether you like it or not, you're leading people. And the question is are you following Jesus in the way that you lead? Others. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. And we're specifically going to look at the difference between the way Jesus leads and the way that the Pharisees led. The Pharisees, of course, were a group of, of Jewish men who, who stood up and who said, I want to lead, I want to teach, follow me, I, I will show you the way to follow the law. And so many of these scribes and Pharisees and religious leaders were leading people, but they were leading people astray. They were, as Jesus put it, they were blind guides. It was like they were blind, but they were leading other blind people, and everyone was falling into a pit. And so we want to look at the difference between the Pharisees' failed model, flawed model of leading, and Jesus' successful model of leading. What's the difference between the way Jesus led and the way that the Pharisees led. And we wanna look and say, am I leading more like Jesus? Or does my leadership look more like these other leaders, like the Pharisees? We're going to examine ourselves. We're going to examine Jesus. And we're also going to examine the Pharisees because Jesus issues seven woes and says, this is where you're going wrong. This is how you're going wrong. This is why your leadership is flawed. This is why your leadership has failed. This is why you are blind guides. And if we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to lead others, and we have to examine our own life and our own leadership and ask ourselves, am I following Jesus in the way that I lead? So our text tonight is going to come from Matthew chapter 23, and we're going to start in verse one, where it says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. So I think we can already see the difference between the way Jesus leads and the way the Pharisees led. And the difference is Jesus does what he tells others to do. Jesus doesn't tell anybody anything to do that he's not willing to do. Jesus tells people to be humble. Jesus is humble. Jesus teaches people to serve others. Jesus serves others. Jesus teaches people to pray. Jesus prays. Jesus teaches his disciples to lay down their lives for others, and then he gives them the example of laying down his life for others. Everything Jesus taught others to do, Jesus himself did. But he says this is the difference between the Pharisees and him, is they don't practice what they preach. This is why he condemned their leadership, because they're tying up these heavy burdens on people, and yet they themselves are not willing to even lift a little finger in order to do those same things. And look at the difference between what Jesus says about his yoke, his burden that he placed on people. He says in Matthew 11 and verse 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, he gives his disciples things to do, a life to live a yoke to carry, but he says it's easy and it's light compared to the Pharisees who tie up these impossible standards upon their followers back, and they're not even trying to keep those themselves. And so this is a difference between Jesus and the Pharisees. And so if we're going to follow Jesus' example in leadership, then it means practicing what we preach and not holding others to a higher standard than we hold ourselves. And it's easy to say, oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. But do we? Do we do that? Do you do that? Do I do that? Do we hold other people to a certain standard? Do we criticize other people? Because you're always doing this and you're always doing that. But yet, as my mama used to say, when you point at somebody, there's three fingers that are pointing back at you. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't go around telling people to do things that he wasn't willing to to do or that he wasn't already doing. He taught people to follow his words, but also follow his example. And then he taught his disciples to take the log out of their own eye first before they try to help somebody with the speck that's in theirs. So we can't hold others to a higher standard than we hold ourselves if we're going to follow the leadership example of Jesus. Look at verses five through seven. Jesus says, they do all their deeds, the Pharisees and the scribes do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. Their phylacteries are these boxes that they would put scripture in, but they wanted their boxes to be big and their fringes to be long so that other people could see them and respect them and honor them and think they are very pious and religious people. They were seeking the approval of others. He says they do all their deeds to be seen by others. That was their leadership style. That was their leadership model, was to get the acclaim, the applause, the honor, the glory of other people. But Jesus leads in a different way. Jesus is not concerned about getting the honor of people. Jesus wanted honor for sure. Jesus wanted applause for sure, but not the applause of people. He wanted the applause of his father. He wanted the approval of his father. He wanted the honor of his father. So if we're going to follow Jesus' leadership style, if we're going to follow Jesus' leadership model, if we're going to follow his example in the way that we lead others, then we can't do it to be seen by others. It's not about how many people think we're great or how many people think we're smart or how many people think we're wise or how many people think we're religious or pious or whatever it may be. It's what does your father think? What does God think about this? That's what Jesus was concerned about. What does my father think about what I'm doing? What does my father think about what I'm saying? That's what concerned Jesus. And he did everything he did for God's approval, for God's honor, for God's glory, for God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And if we're going to follow Jesus' example, in the way that we lead others, we cannot lead for the applause of men. We cannot lead for the the acclaim of men. We cannot lead for the glory or the honor of men. So following Jesus' example in leadership means seeking honor from God and not from people. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers and call no man on, call no man your father on earth for you have one father who's in heaven neither be called instructors for you have one instructor the Christ the greatest among you shall be your servant whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted this is something we're going to talk more about in, in coming weeks in this class but Jesus wasn't just teaching his disciples to do the task Serving. He was asking, he was teaching them to accept the status of servant. It's one thing to do the task of serving, but Jesus is telling them not only to do the task of serving, but also to accept the status of servant. Accept a lower status, accept a humbled status, take a lower rung on the ladder, move to a lower seat at the table. The way most people lead is to take a higher seat at the table, to take a higher rung on the ladder, to seek out acclaim, to seek out titles, to seek out whatever it may be, to help them move up the ladder of status so that people think they're successful, they're a teacher, they're a rabbi, they're a father, they're a whatever. And Jesus says, this is not the way you're going to teach. This is not the way you're going to lead. This is not the way life is going to work in my kingdom. Instead, you're going to humble yourself. And if you humble yourself, then you'll be exalted. So it's not just about doing the task of service. Sometimes we are content to do the task of service as long as we get the status of being honored. But Jesus says, not only do the task of service, but accept the status of servant. So if we're going to follow Jesus' example in leadership, it means taking on the status of a servant, moving to a lower rung on the ladder in order to bless others. I remember one time I we went on trek, and I was a youth minister taking teenagers up a mountain and, and I was one of our guides was talking about a conversation that a couple of the, the teenagers had in one of the previous weeks before our trip up the mountain. And there was one teenager who was always running to the front of the pack and he was always trying to go further and go faster and be in the very front of the line. And he yelled back to his friend who was back in the back of the line helping someone else. And he said, Billy or whatever his name was. He said, Billy, leaders lead from the front. And Billy replied, no, leaders lead from where they're needed. And that struck me and it's always stuck with me. And I think that's a a Jesus type of leader, a leader that's willing to not just help the people in the back of the line, but be in the back of the line. Even if that means some people think you're slow, even if that means some people think you're not strong, even if some people think, oh, you're not nearly as athletic as this guy in the front, whatever it is that we're pursuing in life, however it is that we're leading, we really want people to think we're smart. We really want people to think we're strong. We really want the status of being successful. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me and you're going to lead like me, then don't be called rabbi. Don't be called teacher, don't be called father, don't be don't seek a higher seat at the table. In fact, be willing to take the lowest seat at the table. That's what it looks like to follow the leadership example of Jesus. Look at verse 13. But woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. This is all about the kingdom. And Jesus says, not only are you not entering the kingdom, but you're not allowing others to enter the kingdom either. You're shutting the the door in their face. And what does it mean to be in the kingdom? To be in the kingdom means to be under the rule and the reign of God under God's rule and reign, under heaven's rule and reign, and not only were the, the Pharisees not entering into the rule and reign of God, but they were keeping others, preventing others, hindering others from entering into the rule and reign of God. Why? Why? Well, because they wanted those people to be under their own rule and reign. They wanted people to look to them and depend on them. And so when Jesus comes proclaiming the kingdom of God, these people aren't rushing into God's rule and reign because they are under the leadership of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees aren't rushing into the rule and reign of God because they're concerned about their own kingdom, about their own power, about their own authority, about having people respect them and having people under their leadership. So following Jesus means bringing people into his kingdom, encouraging people to look to him, not to us. It's okay if people forget our name, if people forget that we ever existed. To lead like Jesus means that we point people to Jesus, means we point people to God. And that we're not trying to bring them on, we're not trying to make followers of ourselves. We're trying to make followers of Jesus. We're trying to bring people into his kingdom, not into our own. Let's keep reading. Verse 15 Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Of course, What was the problem that the Pharisees had? They had eyes to see, but they didn't see. They had ears to hear, but they didn't hear. They were blind and they were deaf to the message, to what the Spirit of God was doing. And their proselytes, their followers, were even more so. They were not teaching their followers to have open eyes to have open ears. They weren't teaching them to be learners, to be wise, to be discerning, to see the truth and embrace the truth when it presented itself. They were teaching their followers, their proselytes, to be as blind as they were, to be as deaf as they were, to have eyes to see but not see, to have ears to hear but not hear. They, They were teaching them what to think, but they weren't teaching them how to think, how to discern, how to be wise. So following Jesus' example means helping people to know how to think, how to be wise, how to be discerning, how to have ears to hear and eyes to see. Verses 16 through 18, Woe to you blind guides who say, If anyone swears by the temple, it's nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he's bound by his oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it's nothing. But if anybody swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift or the altar altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. See, the The people of Jesus' day were so very careful about not taking God's name in vain, not using God's name in vain, not swearing by God's name, not taking an oath by God's name because they didn't want to defile God's name. It was holy. They didn't want to accidentally or on purpose tread on God's name or carry it in vain or use it in vain. But Jesus wants them to understand that you don't actually have to say the name of God to use it in vain. You're swearing by all kinds of other things, but you're still treading on, trading on the name of God. (laughs) You're trying to swear by the temple, but not by the gold of the temple. You're still swearing by God. You are still trading on his name, on his reputation. See, we have a tendency to do the same thing, don't we? To think that taking God's name in vain just means blaspheming or or saying God's name casually when we're not talking to God. Oh, sure, that, that can be taking God's name in vain. But more than that, as followers of Jesus, as people who claim to be God's people, if we go about doing things that aren't good or saying things that aren't true or swearing oaths that we never keep, then we are trading on God's name. We're trading on his reputation. We are taking his name in vain. People trust us because we're followers of Jesus. People trust us because we're Christians. People trust us because we say we're, we're, we're followers and family members of God. Yet then we do things that are deceitful or wrong or dishonest or slanderous or spreading things that aren't true. And we are trading on the reputation of God. They were trying to find loopholes so that they could still trade on God's reputation without actually saying his name. And Jesus says, you're still using the name and the reputation of God for your oaths. His whole point, of course, is to do what you say you're going to do. Be who you say you're supposed to be and, and stop using the name of God trading on the name of God, carrying the name of God in vain. And, and we need to be careful that we remember to do the same. Following Jesus' example means not trading on the name of God, or carrying the name of God, or taking the name of God in vain, but being who we're called to be. Look at verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Leadership, in so many ways, leadership is about teaching people what to prioritize, how to prioritize things. That's what leadership is, isn't it? Leadership is about discernment. Leadership is about teaching. Leadership is about saying, no, 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 this is more important than that. This is good, but that's better. This thing is an important thing, but this other thing is more important than that. And the Pharisees had this tendency to prioritize ceremony, to prioritize ritual, to prioritize being ceremonially clean while being inwardly wicked and defiled. And Jesus helps them to realize that, yeah, your, your tithing is important, and that's good. It's good that you tithe your, art, your garden herbs. He's not telling them not to tithe those things. He's saying you shouldn't neglect that. But these other things, justice and mercy and faithfulness, these are more important things. These are the weightier matters of the law. And if we're going to teach, if we're going to lead, if you're a parent and you're going to lead your children, if you're a spouse and you're gonna help lead your spouse, if you're a neighbor and you're gonna help lead your neighbor, if you're an uncle or an aunt and you're gonna help lead your, your nieces and nephews, if you're a sibling and you're gonna help lead your, your siblings, then, then we have to recognize that any position of leadership requires that we properly prioritize things, that we prioritize things like mercy and justice faithfulness above things like religious ceremony. Religious ceremony is important, and it's good, and it's from God, and we shouldn't neglect these things. But there are things that are more important, things that are weightier. So following the example of Jesus means prioritizing the weightier matters, recognizing what's more important here, who's more important here, what is the weightier matter here in this discussion and then helping those who were teaching, those that were leading, to see the same thing. Look at verse 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they're full of greed and indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. See, Again, they had this tendency to be more concerned about the appearance of things than the reality of things. More importance, more concerned about the appearance than the inward. More concerned about the outward than the inward. They were destroyed because of the things that were going on in their heart, going on in their mind. While on the outside, they had the appearance of being godly. But on the inside, they were full of greed and self-indulgence. And how many times today, how many times have we seen it? People who set themselves up as teachers, as leaders, as ministers, as shepherds, and yet inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. In fact, I was just reading a statistic this week that said nearly as many Christians as non-Christians view pornography. Isn't that disturbing? nearly as many, not quite as many, but nearly as many Christians as non-Christians are viewing pornography. And then when you look at those statistics amongst ministers, it's nearly as high. There are a lot of ministers who privately, inside, things that can't be seen, things that are hidden, are full of greed and self-indulgence. And Jesus says, this is what needs to be cleaned up first, This that's in your heart, this that's in your mind, this has to be cleaned up first. Not just what people can see, not just the appearance of things. See, we're so quick to want to step into the spotlight. We're so quick to want to teach. We're so quick to want to lead, not stopping to ask ourselves, yeah, we may look all right on the outside, but what's going on on the inside? On the inside, are you full of greed? Are you full of self-indulgence? Are you full of this sin that you're just allowing to run rampant? That doesn't mean that we have to be perfect before we teach. doesn't mean we have to be perfect before we lead. If that were the case, none of us would be teachers or leaders. But we can't ignore the things that are going on inside. We can't bury the things that are going on inside. We can't hide the things that are going on inside and and try to present oneself to the world while on the inside there's another self that's being hidden so following Jesus' example means not pretending to be somebody that we're not. Look at verse 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And that's what the word hypocrite means. It means an actor, somebody who's pretending to be something that they're not. For you you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of the, of the blood of the prophets. Thus, you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Isn't this what we always do? Isn't this what generation after generation of people do? We, I, I like to say that, that we, most people like those who spoke truth, those who spoke truth, but few of us like those who speak truth. Very few people like those who speak truth, but we all like those who spoke truth. And the people of Jesus' day, they said about the prophets, and they, oh, the prophets were so wonderful, and they came with this message from God, and yet our forefathers, they murdered them, and they wouldn't listen to the prophets. If we had lived then, we would have been different. And don't we do the same thing when we read scripture? If we had been in the wilderness generation, we would have listened to Moses and we would have trusted God. We wouldn't have complained and we wouldn't have argued and we would have just listened to Moses and submitted the way that we should have. Or if we had lived during the days of Jeremiah, we wouldn't have thrown him in the pit. Or if we had lived during these days, we wouldn't have acted the way those people did. And we have this tendency to look back and kind of shake our finger and say, yeah, those people were so wicked and they wouldn't listen. If we had lived then, then we would have been different. We even can do the same thing with recent history over the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and look back and say, wow, if I had lived during the days of segregation, I would have been different. Or if I had lived during the days of slavery, I would have stood up and said, this slavery is wrong. You can't treat your brothers and sisters this way. If I had lived during this time, I would have been different. I wouldn't have been like everyone else. It's really easy to look back and allow time to vindicate truth tellers. But it's really hard in the moment to appreciate truth. Because here's the thing with truth. Truth challenges the status quo. It always has. When the prophets came, they, they rebuked those who were comfortable. They afflicted, I like to say that the old saying about preaching is that we should afflict the comfort, comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. That's what truth does. It comforts the afflicted and it afflicts the comfortable. It, it disrupts the status quo. And those of us who are pretty comfortable with the status quo, with the way things are, we, we have this tendency to reject truth. And, and he's telling the, the Pharisees and the scribes, you're doing the same thing that our forefathers did. You look back and you decorate their tombs and you, you venerate them and lift them up and say, they were such great heroes. And if I had lived then, I would have listened to them. And Jesus is saying, the greatest prophet of all is standing right here and you're not listening to the truth. Why? Because it challenged the status quo. So following Jesus's example means speaking truth even when it challenges the status quo, believing the truth, but also being willing to share and to speak the truth, even when it challenges the status quo. So let's kind of review what we've been through this evening real quick. Following Jesus' example on how to lead means this. One, practicing what we preach. It means practicing what we preach and not holding others to a higher standard than we hold ourselves. It means seeking honor from God and not from people. Seeking the applause of heaven and not the applause of earth. Three, it means taking on the status of a servant. Moving to a lower rung on the ladder in order to bless other people. It means bringing people into God's kingdom and not our own kingdom. Not under our own rule and reign, but under God's rule and reign. Being concerned with his reputation rather than our own number 5 helping people who helping people have eyes to see and ears to hear helping them to be wiser and more discerning so that they know and learn and seek the truth number 6 not taking God's name in vain and again that means more than just not saying his name in vain it means not claiming to be his people and to use his scriptures and to trade on his reputation if we're not going to live the way he calls us to live. Number seven, prioritizing the weightier matters. If we're going to lead the way Jesus leads, then we're going to prioritize the things that are more important above the things that are less important. Number eight, it means dealing with internal and not just external matters. It means dealing with the greed and the self-indulgence that's in our heart and not just with the things that other people can see leading like Jesus means not pretending to be someone that we're not. And leading like Jesus means speaking truth, even when it challenges the status quo. So again, we all have to examine ourselves and ask, am I following Jesus? Am I listening to him when he speaks truth that challenges my status quo, the way I like to live my life, what's comfortable for me? When Jesus calls me to come out of my comfort, when Jesus challenges me to change, when Jesus challenges me to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, am I willing to do that? But then also examining the way that we are leading other people, because it's not just preachers and teachers and evangelists and missionaries and elders and deacons that are leading and teaching We all lead and we all teach. We're all leaders and we're all followers. The question again is, are you following Jesus in the way that he leads? You're leading someone. And are you following Jesus in the way that he leads? Are you leading the way that he leads? I I don't know about you, but this, listening to Jesus and fixing our eyes on Jesus, is humbling and it's challenging. It, It makes us realize that there's some changes that we need to To make. And again, as we've said several times over the last year, this period of disruption, this period of interruption is a great opportunity to examine ourselves and and figure out and decide what areas need to change as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we look to Jesus, who is our example in every area of our life. Thank you again for being with us tonight. I hope that you have a wonderfully blessed rest of the week, and I hope to see you on Sunday. Take care. God bless.